Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your hold, meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your 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 meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold. Okay. Well, I need you're not. No, we need to. We need to do the introduction.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Okay, good afternoon and welcome to all of you attending this virtual Uttlesford District Council Planning Committee meeting and any of you listening into the broadcast. I will start by running through how I intend to run today's committee. We may not be in the council chamber, but may I ask you all to either turn off your mobile phones or at least put them on silent. Thank you. Virtual meetings are a new experience for many of us, but public meetings such as this committee are business as usual. Therefore, it is important that we continue to conduct ourselves in an orderly and professional manner. As you would imagine, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state that you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, shortly, I will ask our Democratic Services Officer, Chris Gibson, to take a register so that those listening will know who is present today. As a reminder, please keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Mr Gibson, if you could call the register, please. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Please indicate you're present when I call your name. Um, Councillor Bagnall? Present. Councillor Caton? Present. Councillor Fairhurst? Present. Councillor Freeman? Present. Councillor LeCount? Present. Councillor Lachlan? Present. Councillor Merrifield? Present. Councillor Pavitt? Present. Councillor Reeve? Present. Councillor Storer? Present. Councillor Sutton? She had uh, just joined the meeting, Chair, but now she's disappeared. Oh. I'll, uh, I'll go and see if I can help her. She's in the other office. Yes, okay. Thank you. And... and and I have apologies from Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you very much. We'll, we'll, we'll take Councillor Sutton when she hopefully can join us back online. Also, for the benefits of those listening, the officers we have with us today are, are from planning, Mr Nigel Brown, the Development Manager, and two of his team, or sorry, three of his team, Mr Clive Theobald, Mr Chris Tyler, Mr Nathan McWana, and Matt Cranick, so actually it was five of them, so I do apologise. Also, from Democratic Services, we have Mr Ben Ferguson and Ms Chris, Chris Gibson, and our legal officer, Ms Elizabeth Smith. Thank you very much. As with all planning... Sorry, to... Chair, Councillor Sutton's coming back into the room. OK. Chair, you've got Hannah as well. Oh, thank you, I do. Hey, you've got Hannah as well. And, and Shirley, so... Let me just find their names. We have also, I do apologize, we also have Hannah Peacock and Shelley Abel. Good afternoon. Sorry, sorry, ladies, I forgot about you to say you, say you were with us. Sorry. 
As with all planning committees, our council officers have prepared reports on each of the planning applications before us today and have recommended whether each particular application should be approved or refused. It is, however, for the planning committee members to assess the application and make the final decision. Today, we have four applications to consider. For each application, I will ask the relevant officer to give a short presentation on the proposal, which will appear on our screens, outlining the reasons for their recommendation. I will then invite those of you who have registered to speak on the particular application to present your views. The applicant will then be given the opportunity to speak to their proposal and address any issues that have come up from the other speakers or the officer's report. Once we've gone through this, I will then open the discussions up to the planning committee members to make their points on the matter, to ask relevant questions of the officers before asking them to make a decision on the application, with a proposal to vote on whether the application should be approved, refused or deferred. With the exception of the vice chair, please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right of your screen. This will indicate to speak to myself or the vice chair. I will take each request in order and will not accept anyone speaking out of turn unless raising a point of order and only if valid. If not, you'll be asked to raise your blue hand. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen should you have to give a policy to leave the meeting part of the way through on your return. Before we need to take um, the application, we need to have any... We've had apologies for absence from Councillor Lemon, and since Councillor Lemon is our vice chair normally, I would ask Councillor Freeman if he would act as vice chair today. Are you happy with that, Councillor Freeman? No problem, thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Um, so we need to take any declarations of interest. Are there any declarations of interest? Oh. So, Councillor Freeman? Yeah, I'm a member of the Town Council, South Morden Town Council. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the only thing I need to declare. I'm thinking about it. I probably don't need to declare that either. No, I don't think we've not... We don't, I don't believe we have anything in South Morden today. Councillor Freeman, yeah. do we? I think... Um, anybody else? No blue hands up? No, I think we're okay. Thank you. So we'll move on. I just... Has anybody got a background noise? Can we hear? Yes. Yes? Has there been anything open? Anything in the open up? No? Okay. <coughs> now, we don't... Can, can somebody just... Can, Correct me with this. We have no. We're not doing the minutes of the previous meeting this time. Mm -hmm. they, are they are available, Chair. I, I, I got them out in time, so they are there. Send <coughs> oh. them. Oh, yeah, sorry, Chairman. We we to take the pressure off a bit off Chris. Um, we we're not. We can't guarantee that the minutes for the meeting will be available at the next meeting. But because last meeting was was quite straightforward and I would suggest uncontroversial. It, it meant that the minutes could be turned around in the time they did. So in this case, we can carry on and do the minutes. Right, so that's fine. Thank you very much. So, oh gosh, you've disappeared. I don't know what's happening with this today. Sorry, I apologise. Um, so are members content that the minutes are accurate? Of last yes. Aye. Everyone can you just raise your hands, please? Let me see. Fine. Thank you. Excellent. 
So I will sign at some point. I will sign those those the minutes. There's about four four meetings now. I've got to sign. I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, Chairman. Okay, before you, you go on, can we, as a as a point of the the um, audio, can we? As council, as Councillor Sutton's attendance being recorded, because I don't think she got, I think she got in to to respond to the register. Register, I might be wrong there, but Councillor Sutton has now joined us. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Glad you managed to get through. Okay. Well, we are moving on to the first application then, which is agenda item three. Um, the application number is UTT 191508, full application, land east of St. Edmunds Lane, Great Dunlow, and it's to Clive Theobald. Thank you, okay. Chair. Thank you. So everyone can see the PowerPoint? Yes, thank yeah. you. Okay. Right, well, members uh, heard about the uh, Council's opinion um, and it's set out in the report as a synopsis. So I, I don't particularly want to repeat everything in that because it hopefully says what it says. So um, in terms of what I want to say just for this um, meeting, um, Chair, uh, first of all, housekeeping, just one housekeeping. Uh, this is the revised site plan. And as um, I think Councillor Stora requested, um, and other members asked. You can see here now we do have a hammerhead and uh, that's showing the terminus of the, the service road to stop at this point because there was some suggestion it might break through into this field. Uh, whether that does or not is another day. So obviously the hammerhead is showing. And so that is the revision to the, the drawing and it's also on that drawing as well, so those revised drawings. So, um, Chair, members are requested to endorse their original committee resolution made on the 6th of May 2020 to grant plan permission for this self-build, custom-build housing scheme, following receipt of Council's opinion relating to the issues primarily surrounding whether the Council is entitled to receive affordable housing contributions for this self-build custom build scheme by way of discounted market value equivalents and whether the council would be entitled to secure the section 106 agreement for the scheme including the payment of commuted sums rather than by way of a unilateral undertaking as submitted so con conclusion chair therefore chair it is requested that members agree to the original planning conditions um, as uh, the original report, conditions 1 to 13, and agree to the additional condition 14, as set out in the revised recommendation, the bottom of the report, relating to the site frontage hedge being retained, uh, with the exception of that uh, to be trimmed down to 600 millimetres, where required for improved access site lines and or that a new hedge be planted behind the sight lines where the developer has agreed to either of those two options, depending on what's found on the site, uh, in the interests of visual amenity and street scene. And subject to the revised unilateral undertaking submitted by the applicant developer dated the 27th of May 2020, 
committing the applicant developer to the following legal obligations. One, commitment to self-build, custom-build housing. Two, payment of early years childcare, primary and secondary education contributions. And three, highway contribution towards a great demo bus strategy where the undertaking has been seen by our legal officer and has agreed to its contents. And therefore, Chair, uh, the recommendation is as set out in the report. Thank you. Thank you very much, Clive. Switch you get back. Um, Bagnum. Thank you, Chair. Uh, it's, uh, got a, uh, a couple of questions for Mr Theobald, if I may, which was around the provision for childcare. So I was looking through the, uh, the County Council Developers Guide to Infrastructure Contributions, and, and it talks about uh, the yield for, for the amount of children per development. And it seems to say that for early years it's 0 0.09, for primary it's 0.3, and for secondary it's 0.2. And when I do the maths, 22 properties, so it does qualify, um, it should be two children for early years, six for primary and four for secondary. Uh, and the sums that I get from that are vastly different to, I think, what we're asking for. So could you please clarify if I've misinterpreted that or if that is actually a shortfall in what we should be asking for? Yes. Um, the contributions are taken from the original undertaking, which have been carried across to this revised undertaking. And um, the, the formula, certainly I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, familiar with the exact uh, formula that has to be calculated. Now, um, therefore, we've simply carried across this figure for childcare, uh, primary provision and secondary provision, obviously index-linked to bring it up to current date. Now, um, it is questionable whether or not uh, those figures should be um, enhanced, um, given they have been taken from the previous undertaking, um, the, uh, we don't think there's any further consultation from education that gives us any enhanced figures that we should be working to. So the figures have been drawn from the previous undertaking. Okay, uh, but I think it's important for members to realise then, so if we were talking two children for early years, that would be 27,000 for early years. It would be 73,200 for primary years and 74,000 for secondary years, which when you add them together is significantly higher than the amount we've got in this undertaking. So it feels to me as though the undertaking that we've got on the table is, ad is woefully inadequate for what should be provisioned for school places. So I, I don't have an issue with necessarily the unilateral undertaking because I understand the difference between that and the bilateral <coughs> Uh, and I understand the reason why we might want to do it for a smaller site, but I just think the provision for childcare places is woefully inadequate. So I, I accept what you say that it was in the previous one, but having looked into this, it feels to me that we need to we need to make sure we don't we don't undersell the 
the provision for the future. And that's what we appear to be doing with this one. And I'm not sure that we should be agreeing to this undertaking. It feels to me to be far too short. But I'll, I'll see what other members think. Can I just, sorry, Jen, can I just I was ask you, yeah. Just to clarify that point. I mean, one of the... One of the issues that we have is, is, a, is what's called a fallback situation in terms of the 106. We have an existing extant planning permission that was approved on appeal way back in, was it, 2016. And that permission has been kept alive. So the permission has been, has been technically started. So it has a, and that is a fallback situation. And that is one of the council, one of the, one of the parts of the opinion we got from council was have they got that fallback situation? And the, the only, so in terms of, the, you are quite right. Had this application come in spanking you as a new proposal, and you know you could argue what it is, but it, it isn't because you've got a fallback situation of an extent planning commission. You can't have the change of policy to take that. You, you have to take into account what's already got permission as opposed to any change of policy. One thing that has changed since the original planning commission was granted was the bus issue. Um, you know, you know, everyone. I mean, it doesn't matter, matter, matter whether you're in Dumbo or South Morden or the villages. The issue regarding sustainable transport is much more on the rising now than it was, say, three or four years ago. That's why we've managed to secure the, the contributions to buses in addition to what was originally granted. And to be honest with you, the applicant kicked back on that one, but our council's advice says we're quite safe in getting that response. So I think the issue is it is lower than what the policy requirement would be now from 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 the education team. The fallback situation of the extant planning commission means we can't go. We can't the passage of time. We can't insist upon a new policy issue. It doesn't taste very nice. I know it doesn't, and we're holding our nose on this one. But unfortunately, the situation regarding the historic planning commission that is still extant means we we have to honour that, and that's why it's been brought through. And Councillor Freeman, have you disappeared? Are you? Oh, yes, there. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Chair, can I just come back on that? Um, so, so I've raised the point, I've made the point, and Mr Brown, you've answered that. Uh, but I think it's something we need to be very mindful of for all future applications, because if, if there's a formula that the county put out there and the developers know it and we know it, then we shouldn't be putting in much lesser figures than what the formula demands, because otherwise we're storing up problems for the future. If we don't get the right level of infrastructure uh, payments... Uh, in terms of contribution, then then we're left holding the baby, aren't we? So we need to make sure we get Literally that. in this case. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I pick up your point. And I think maybe we could be where we should be seeking the, the most, most of what we've got in, in line with the policy requirements. And if we don't, we need to explain why. That's where we are. Okay. Thank you very much, Councillor Thank you, Madam Chairman. Yeah, this is a... As uh, uh, um, um, Mr. Brown says, it's, uh, we're holding our nose on this one, and it is very disturbing because I think I'm afraid to, I tend to agree with Arthur Bagnall that it, it is, in some cases, uh, woefully inadequate. Um, but there are three issues here which concern me. The first is that we're dealing with self-builds, um, and it does seem to add a, a new nuance of, un, of un, uh, unknown um, civil contribution. This is not good. Um, we have in this particular case a fallback situation and we have the question of the, of the unilateral versus a bilateral, we discussed last time, um, um, uh, contribution. I think we need to move carefully on this with caution. I would suggest 
I'm inclined to say, you know what, as, as, as Mr. Brown says, let's hold our nose on this one. Um, take the hit, as it, I think it unfortunately is, but only on condition that we as a group address these issues, these three issues, for the future. Um, it's not good enough to set a precedent that from now on self-builds are going to get a freebie. Um, because whether it's self-built or whether it's built by a developer, we still have needs for infrastructure. We still have needs for transport and so on. We have, it seems, had a small win on the buses. That's good. But we can't start, start making exceptions that, that reduce the infrastructure on every development. In this case of fallback, we've got to be prepared for an excess make sure it doesn't happen. And I'm afraid I still don't get council's view that, that um, unilaterals are, are, are inevitable. We have no choice in that. It's an offer to us, and we have to discuss it. If it doesn't make it sound, if it doesn't make it um, um, sustainable, then it's not going to be any good. So on the basis of those three serious caveats, which do leave me somewhat worried, I would propose adopting this with my nose well and truly held tight. Thank you very much, Councillor Fairhurst. Um, uh, yes, I think we're all, in, we're all in agreement, and I think that's what we would all be feeling, is that we have to hold our nose on this, and that we're moving forward, with this never happens again. Um, you know, and the 81,000, if you, like Nigel, is what you said about the fact that they, they, they're not very happy with that. Well, what did they think? They were going to, I mean, any, anything else, and we'd be paying them to build it. So quite honestly, I think they can, I think they should think themselves very lucky, you know? Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. And um, Councillor Pavitt. Yes, just following up on that point, um, and to thank Councillor Bagnall for bringing that to our attention. Um, I don't know whether this is the right forum. Perhaps Nigel wants to discuss it somewhere else. Um, I think it'd be very useful for us as a group to understand why that occurred. What, why did the, the, the allocation on education end up so you know, substandard, if that's the right word? Mr. Brown, can you help us? I think at the time, it was the appropriate amount that was sought and sought. There is a there is the other issue that the, the unilateral was submitted. It was an appeal decision, and you quite often get a letter, better, worse deal at appeal than you would do anyway. And I think that's part of that's part and parcel. So I think it's probably a combination of that it was an appeal decision whereby you get a worse deal in terms of a one hundred and six package. And secondly, there is a passage of time that was four years ago, coming on four years ago, and that appeal was heard, and the counter, and everybody's moved on in terms of it. So the contributions may not be as high as that. Well, they weren't as high now as they were then. Because I would argue the need probably wasn't as high then. It was even higher now than it was then, put it that way. Uh, but I think it's a combination of it being an appeal whereby the, 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 the package you get is a lot, is, is the bare, bare minimum and the passage of time. So I think on that particular, if we were starting again on this particular scheme, we would be seeking exactly what the county would be required as per what Councillor Bagnall said. But we aren't, so that's why we're not. Okay, Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I think we're going to have to stop doing this because um, apparently, from what I've read of appeals, uh, you can uh, make um, a decent unilateral undertaking. Unilateral is, of course, the clues in the name, but you can nevertheless ask for it and get it. Uh, that was the statement made for the 85 houses that were consented in my own ward. Well, you didn't ask for it, did you? So you didn't get it. Uh, and the basic thing is that if, the, if time moves on and the law moves on and regulations move on, 
then we have to deal with things according to the law and the regulations at the moment that the case is determined. Not what it might have been in 2014 or 2016. It's what it is in June 2020. And we need to get into that habit, in my view, that we... Maybe the cause of delays is nobody's fault. Maybe it's our fault, in which case, I suppose, there's some compensation could be claimed. But I don't accept the argument that that's the way it was then, and that's the reason why it stayed the way it is now. The world changes, planning changes, and we've had a successful example uh, where the regulations changed on um, uh, dwellings uh, to require uh, the installation of elevators of lift this was about two years ago, uh, it came before us, and we were successful in demanding that the current regulations require the lift in that block. So if you wanted an extra floor on the top of it, you'd have to put in a lift. And the, the applicant decided, no, we'll stay with what we've got. But we could have said, well, in 2014, when you made the original application, it wasn't necessary. We don't abide by laws as they were historically. We abide by them as they are now at this point in time. I think we need to get into the habit of that, Madam Chairman. Sorry, Jeremy, I do need to come back on that one and just, just say I agree totally what Councillor Freeman just said there. Um, and we are trying to get our best deal. But unfortunately, the point of law, you know, we all know, and with respect to the lawyers in the room, that we, you know, that sometimes it's, the logic goes out of the window. Unfortunately, that was a point that I was arguing. I was very, very much with members when we came away from this, when we came away from the meeting last time. I didn't think we were getting anywhere near a fair deal in terms of this application. And the point of being hamstrung by an original 20... It was a 2016 decision, 2015 decision, 2015 decision. I thought, why are we hamstrung by a 2015 decision when, you know, there's five years have turned and a lot's happened since then. Surely we should be dealing it on the current terms. And that's what one part of the council's advice was, we are hamstrung by the 2015. Now, that makes no sense to me whatsoever, but it is the legal advice... That we have received and that would be the basis of any appeal on that basis and i'm not happy about that at all yeah. uh, but i think the issue is but i do think we probably got as best deal as we did way back in 2015 so but uh but i totally agree with what council freeman says but i don't think it's it's the law that's the issue here not necessarily our abilities to do it but we do need to make a better effort moving forward in 106 packages and that's part part of my role at the moment thank you very much Councillor Thank you, Chair. Just a question for the officers on, I'm afraid, this same issue. What would have happened had things been the other way around? If the fallback resulted in um, the council getting more than it would have been due four years ago and we were in the benefit then, would it still have been a fallback or wouldn't that term have applied or would the developers have uh, thrown their arms up in horror? What would have been the situation? If if the fallback was what's called still compliant, like it should have been, bearing in mind it would have been a section 106 or a, 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 a unilateral undertaking that resulted in planning permission, we would have we would have argued the fallback. Quite as you know, as you're quite quite right, the applicant would have argued the other the other way around. But a fallback's a fallback, and so therefore, if they were coming to us with a unless there's a substantial change in law um, in terms of what's happened, that we couldn't seek it anymore. Yes, yeah, so we will be. If it was more before, we would. Well, I would argue we probably would be troubling you with it, to be honest, because it would have been a point of that. And so, yeah, we we would be pushing for the fallback if it's if it's in our if it's in our favour. So that's why we need to we need to respect the fallback situation. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. 
Um, I just wondered, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that this committee has gone against council's advice, thinking about the airport in particular. What would happen if we decided that we weren't happy with this situation and decided that we would refuse it again? Uh, just uh, want to know how we would stand. Would it be judicial review or, or would we take our chances? I would, I would suggest if members were mindful to refuse it, notwithstanding what's been put forward as the council's advice, the point of the council's advice would be the would be the only point at appeal to be honest, because you'd be refusing it because of the 106 package. And so and basically we have two councils that are in almost total agreement, their council and our council. I think last, I'm not going to unpick, and I know exactly well which, which cases Councillor Lockman's referring to in the past. That was a case where we went out and sought council's advice because we, we weren't sure what we could be doing. But in this case, our council was, was potentially responding to another council's opinion. And actually the only thing they dis- disagreed about was the bus bit. And so, so I think we would be on possibly very sticky ground because this is the sole reason why we'd be refusing it. And council's advice, you're right, council's advice is council's advice and uh, sometimes you can see different ones, but this seems to be the, the accepted practice of the, of, of the approach to self-build processes. And also the, the point of the fallback situation on the 106 is, a, is an established situation now. So I think we are, we are arguing on specific legal points so that they're becoming very clarified. If I can add, please, uh, the matter went to appeal purely on that one point. We would be held to have behaved unreasonably and they would get costs. They would be rather substantial, I'm afraid. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Kim Councillor Bagnall, quickly, please. Thank you. Uh, well, I think it's an important case, this one, so... Uh... Forgive me for taking a bit more time, but um, can I just ask the question in terms of um, the position in the previous um, uh, successful appeal? So it talks about the planning permission granted on appeal included an affordable housing option secured by way of a unilateral undertaking. Uh, and it says the, the affordable housing option related to plots 3 to 7 and 18 to 21, and these would be sold to a nominated person at a discounted rate, 30% discount. These plots would also be subject to a first-time sale-on clause, whereby they would be required to pay the council a sum equivalent to 10% of the sale value. Could, could Mr Theobald or Mr Brown explain what that really means? One. Do you want to go, Nigel? Over to you, Mr. Uh, okay. Um, I, I'm, I could answer it. I'm not the best person to answer this because it's more of a housing policy thing than, than what I can say. Um, and I know that um, uh, legal and housing have looked at this and uh, the, the housing enabling officer who could have said this um, of, of Pat is no longer with us, so you're asking me. Um, okay, was, rather, than, rather than trying to answer it, if if you don't feel, I can't. Yeah, I can't answer with any certainty. All right. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but I think just to highlight it, Chair, if you just forgive me for a bit, um, it's the fallback position is the successful appeal of which this is part. I don't fully understand what that means. Uh, and it might be that to the developer, it might mean more cost 
to, to them and they may not wish to go to the fallback position. So it's really, uh, as, as Councillor Lockwin called out, we don't have to follow Council's advice. It's our choice at the end of the day, but we, do, we have to also be mindful of what the likelihood of a successful appeal against any decision today is going to be as well. But it just seems to me as though we're being pushed into a corner somewhat, uh, uh, and, I, and that's not a planning, legitimate planning reason to refuse anything, but it doesn't taste very nice. Um, but I, you know, sorry, I know Councillor Freyhouse wants to come in, but just to clarify that issue, just to put this in the context, when members, and, and I must admit, and I, I'm 100% can, I mean, I might have even suggested, let's take it away and that's see if we can get a better 106 issue. So I, I didn't, it didn't seem right. And then that's why we got Councillor to vote, because don't forget, the, the applicant was quite willing to pay a contribution towards. Um, affordable housing, which we thought was woefully short. It was sort of like based on the market value issues, which I still haven't got my mind around what that actually means. I'll be honestly honest with you. But there was, there was a contribution that was in lieu of, a con- of affordable housing. As part of our discussion afterwards, we were arguing that we still wanted that and they were arguing that they didn't want the buses. So at the end of the day, they were quite prepared to pay more. So it wasn't a case of not premier to cut. And so because we pushed for more, we ended up with none in terms of affordable housing. Which is unfortunate in terms of where we are, but that's where we were because we've had to flush it through the system. So I think, and I should also put it in the context of 2015 permission when it went to appeal, it was very, very early on in terms of inspectors considering um, considering uh, self-build. In fact, we, it was one of the very early applications anyone had had for a self-build proposal under the context of the current legislation and the current the current government guidance. And so we were actually, for a minute, we were, we were ahead of everyone because we suddenly had to have a self-build register that we had to put up. And unfortunately, um, and I, know, I know Elizabeth and I know Carol and I know Stephanie were very heavily involved in trying to set that up because we had to quickly do something at the very early stages because what they were arguing was this application initially, when we considered it, we didn't think it was appropriate for any development. And they were arguing that self, self-build was an exceptional way of allowing houses in a different way. Not this current applicant, I should add, but the current previous applicant. So at the moment, when we were dealing with the previous appeal, I would suggest that the inspector was cutting his teeth, where everyone was cutting their teeth on the self-build issue and the 106 issues. And the inspector did other things, like he put a condition on which required some contribution to certain things, which really doesn't sit well as far as me. But whatever the case, it wasn't legally challenged. I don't think it was a situation we could legally challenge it, but that's the starting point. So I think the, the baseline and, the, back, and, the, and the, the fallback situation that we had was based upon a... A, a very embryonic consideration of self-build at the very beginning. And that's where we ended up. And that's why, probably, why there was an element of affordable housing that was accepted by the previous inspector. On, on that point, Chair, I think it's important that members recognise that back in 2014, it was deemed that self-builds would be exempt from 106. But that was challenged in 2015 and deemed unlawful. So the situation at the moment, I believe, is that self-builds are not exempt so we, we really should have been pushing for more, more funding uh, for this development. So I uh, just, just want to make sure everyone's aware of the facts. Thanks, Chair. Officers were pushing against the development full stop at the time. So that, let's put that in context as well. If I could add one additional point uh, regarding self-build and affordable housing, the difficulty with self-build and affordable housing is that there are financial criteria which make people eligible for affordable housing and the amount of the cash contribution that a person would have to put up 
or a self-built property is speaking out of the reach of those who would be eligible for affordable housing. So if it were to occur at all, it would be on the basis of shared ownership. The original agreement regarding the affordable element on this development was that if a self-built shared ownership person did not come forward within 12 months, then the properties would become market housing. And as I understand the position, there would be nobody in a financial position to come forward on this particular site. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chair. I think we all sort of saw self-built houses as a way to make houses more affordable, and that's a good thing in itself. And obviously, it, questions, it raised the question of the viability assessment again. But we need to think of this creature in terms of what's the best outcome we can achieve. Um, I'm afraid I don't accept entirely the, 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 the advice of the council. I don't think council are perfect. I've met too many thousands of them in art. But, and I certainly don't accept your comment on, on either unilaterals, but if I felt that the fallback that they have was a better deal than the creature here, and that by refusing this, we get a better outcome for the resident, for the, for the district, I would feel quite comfortable refusing this because I feel that it does not meet the criterion required for good uh, sustainability. I just don't think, at the moment, I'm convinced that this is the best we can do on a rather nasty, tricky situation. And so, with much reluctance, I still believe we have to solve our own idea, approach to self-builds and we have to solve our own approach to unilaterals. Um, and we should still apply the question of is it sustainable or not in any development. But in this case, guys, it's what we've got. And so I, I maintain we should just approve this one. Really, I do. And I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Thank you, Councillor Pilmost. Councillor Reeve, then Councillor Freeman. Thank you. Mine's a, a really a point of order. I need to step out of the room to close some doors and windows. We're getting an absolute torrential storm oh, here. Please, please do. Should we just um, give it? But I, I'll, be able, I'll be able to hear you. But I, you might, you won't see me. So just one minute, please. Elizabeth, what should we just give a a, a minute's adjournment, a couple of minutes adjournment, just to let him do that? If if he can be heard, then it is strictly speaking compliant with the regulations. If he can hear and be heard, it is strictly speaking compliant. Being seen is not necessary, but. Uh, so we we're taking more time than is, than is needed to discuss it. I, I can hear you. I'll just do it. Thank you. Okay, you do it. Go on. Okay, right. Um, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, I'd just like to remind committee members uh, that a while ago we took quite a, an amount of council's opinion on a very important matter uh, and we took opinion of more than one council and uh, we then arrived at our own conclusions and I would just remind members of that I won't go into any more details but uh, the council's opinion was there and we used it as a basis but nothing more than a basis for the decision of this committee 
Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Okay, um, we have. I'm a... back again. Okay, right. Thank you. Um, so, I need to have a proposal for this of either to approve or refuse. So, Council Reeve. I'm happy to propose this to go. Oh, we sorry, have a sorry, Chairman. Already, Councillor Fairhurst has already proposed. That's oh. all I was going to say. Sorry, you didn't. Sorry, you didn't use the word propose. You just yes. Sorry, you did, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you very much, Councillor Reid. Would you be happy to second? I would. Thank you very much. So, um, we have a proposal to approve this application, or to, is it to take it through? Um, all committee. All those in favour, and I'll to you. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats for the register. <laughs> Councillor Merrifield. Um, with reluctance and great reluctance, approve. Councillor Lachlan. Abstain. Councillor Sutton. Reluctantly approve. Councillor Bagnall. Refuse. Councillor Caton. Approve. Councillor Fairhurst. Approve. Was that an approval, please? Yes, it was. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Approve. Councillor LeCount. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. It didn't come off. Councillor Pavitt, I didn't hear you. You're muted. It's not coming off at mute. Not coming off mute. Can you, can you assist? Um, um, right, let me try this. Approve. That's it working. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Councillor you. Approve. And Councillor Stora. Approve. Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, so that's nine in favour. One abstention and one against. Thank you. Mr. Chairman, as a point of order, yes. um, now that there was obviously some uh, disquiet about one or two of the policy issues there, do we have procedures in place to collect those for taking them into some organ to do something about them? Um, I think we could do. I think we could possibly... Well, we do have the policy... The, planning committee working group don't we Nigel so well, two, two things going on at the same time there's also part of the section 106 scrutiny report which I'm the lead officer for so um, there's a lot of stuff going on at the same time so that I will capture that and I'll make sure that's captured in policy as well and so so yeah, yeah I'll take that away am I allowed to ask that that can be sort of reflected in the minutes such that we don't forget this yeah absolutely yeah, that's fine yeah Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. So, moving on, I, agenda item four, um, UTT 19-3113, Outlying Planning Commission, land north of Henham Road, Debden, and Chris Tyler. Oh, is it Chris? Is it Clive? Is it Chris? Hello. It's Chris. It's Chris. 
internet, yes. <laughs> I just, want to keep, just wanted to make sure you see the slideshow. Yeah, we can. Thank you. Um, the application site relates to a plot of land um, to the north of Henham Road in Debden Green. Uh, to the south and west of the site are a number of houses which contribute to a small cluster of dwellings. To the north of the site is open agricultural land and to the east of the site is paddock land. This application is for outline planning permission uh, with all matters reserved except access for the erection of a single dwelling. The proposal as submitted is self-build scheme and will be occupied by the applicant. This application considers the principle of the development and the access while the appearance, layout, landscaping and scout is a reserved matter. The application site is not considered an isolated location. The application site is located 500 metres from the bus stop in Bolford Street, which provides services between Saffron Morgan and Stansted Airport. This site, uh, this plan includes the single dwelling and an enhanced landscaping scheme. However, this is an indicative plan. Uh, and these de details would be considered in a reserved matters application if approved. The parish council has made the following comments. Uh, the proposal has insufficient visibility space. The development includes uh, removal of highway verge. Details in the application are incorrect. And the development could result in sporadic development in Debden Green without planning consideration. Four letters of objection have also been received and are outlined in paragraph 10.1 of the committee report. Uh, in regards to the appraisal of the development, the proposal will increase the built form along the northern side of the highway. However, due to the existing boundary vegetation, this will be mainly limited to the access point. From the north of the site, uh, the dwelling will be visible. However, uh, it will be compatible in the context of the cluster of dwellings in this part of Devon Green and would not be intrusive or encroaching onto the surrounding open countryside. The only trees to be removed will be at the access point. However, uh, further enhanced landscaping will be subject to a reserve matters application. No objections have been made by the landscaping officer or ecology officer. Uh, in regard to the access, uh, the access is to the front of the site and directly onto the highway. A speed survey has been included with the application. Henham Road is a uh, 60 miles per, per hour speed limit, which would require a 215 uh, metre visibility display. This can't be achieved in the proposed scheme. Uh, a speed survey was conducted over six days. The average speed calculated was between 43 and 44 miles per hour. Uh, highway guidance advises for speeds between 37 and 43 miles per hour. A, a visibility spay of 120 metres would be necessary. In view of the results of the speed survey and that the development is for a single dwelling, the highways officer considered the access appropriate and would not result in any harm to highway safety. This plan is of the previously refused application on the site. 
Uh, members visited the site and may remember the long access track uh, and two dwellings that were proposed. This was uh, dismissed at appeal. This current application revises this and now includes a single dwelling and direct access to the front of the site. This photo is from within the application site to the west boundary. You can slightly see the tops of the dwellings to the west of the site, two of which have been newly built. This photo is from outside the application site and from some distance again. This includes views to the west and again you can see the existing dwellings including some of the newly built houses. This photo is within the application site with views to the south. Behind the vegetation is the highway, uh, Henham Road, um, and demonstrates the site is well screened. These photos are of the scrub on the highway verge, um, of which some will be removed to provide safe highway visibility. It's not considered the removal of this will have any harm to The top photo is again of the highway verge, including the overgrown scrub. The bottom photo is of the adjacent side to the highway and opposite the application site, of which the scrub has already been removed. In conclusion, uh, the revised scheme of a single dwelling and access to the front of the site is considered acceptable. Taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report, the application is recommended for approval subject to conditions. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Taylor. Thank you, Chris. Um, um, open it up to the committee. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Sorry, I think we've got a public think we've got a public speaker, Chairman. Sorry. Oh, I apologise. I do apologise. Thank you very much. Sorry, Councillor Fairhurst, my mistake. It's um, Mr. Chris Loon, the agent. Thank you very much for reminding me. Thank you, Chairman. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Sorry about that, Mr. Williams. No, that's a piece of paper with the names and to my side, so I forgot about it for a moment. Thank you. Sorry about that. But that's okay. Thank you, Chairman, and uh, uh, good afternoon, members, and uh, um, thank you to your officers for their very clear presentation there. Um, you, you, you would have heard that this site was, uh, as, as you remember, the subject of a planning application recommended for approval last year for two dwellings, and you've seen the very long driveway that was proposed to run the whole length of that paddock which you as a committee expressed concern about because you feared it might lead to development creep uh, and when it came to the vote you were actually evenly split but you refused it on the casting vote so it's quite narrow but the only reason was on the grounds of rural character, character impacts uh, arising from the built forms of two dwellings the as you've heard the subsequent appeal was dismissed and the inspector was equally concerned by the access road, stating that the layout would appear contrived and at odds with the general pattern of development in the area, which is characterised by single points of access located within the frontages of existing dwellings. So the scheme now before you addresses those previous concerns and follows officer discussions. As you've seen, it reduces the amount of development from two dwellings to one, it provides a deep new landscaping buffer to the east side to give complete landscaping closure. And it has, of course, deleted the long uh, contrived uh, access road in favour of an access in front of the dwellings 
uh, which, uh, sorry, dwelling, uh, which the inspector said uh, uh, was the, um, the pattern of development. And, and your officers are content that this development will now be more contained within the site and they confirm it will not result in significant impact on rural character. The, the parish council wrongly claims significant removal of thicket is required for visibility space, but in fact only some minor removal of vegetation is required. It's, it's pretty poor quality, as you've seen. The verge has been examined by a tree surgeon uh, and includes scrub and at least 10 dead elm trees along its course. Uh, and you did previously indicate as a committee that any vegetation removed to accommodate and access in this position could be replaced, and that's exactly what will happen. Um, the highway verge really needs proper management and tidying up, but Essex Highways don't have the budgets for this. It also includes a ditch which the parish council says has been neglected. So with the applicant living at the site, they will have the incentive to actively manage and improve their surroundings, including this ditch and the vegetation on the verge. And the proposal will also bring about a significant amount of new landscaping, which you can secure by condition. Uh, and this development will contribute to and enhance the natural and local environment, addressing paragraph 170 of the MPPF. Uh, furthermore, the fencing around the paddock is deteriorating and the retained land uh, needs to be nurtured before horses can graze and be ridden by the applicant's grandchildren uh, within a secured enclosure adjacent to the dwelling. Uh, Neighbours confirm people are illegally accessing the land. No access signs and fencing have been pulled down and rubbish often strewn across the site. And without a permanent on-site presence, these problems will prevail. The, the parish council's objected on the grounds of inadequate visibility displays, um, but the application includes a professional highway report. As you've heard from officers, a speed survey supports the proposed visibility displays, and these are agreed by Essex Highways. Um, the amount of built form has halved from the previous scheme, and the dwelling will be sited immediately next to residential gardens and lie opposite the last of the dwellings to the south, called Barnard's Cottage, whose occupants are supportive. Finally, Chairman, this uh, revised scheme reduces the amount, importantly, the spread of the buildings. It will logically round off and respect the pattern of development, and it will be contained on all four sides uh, by existing, improved and new landscaping, a defensible boundary, if you will, such that impacts on the countryside compared to the previous scheme are significantly reduced. This is a self-built scheme for a Nuttlesford resident who wants to downsize and free up a larger property in Saffron Walden, uh, which is important given the current housing supply problems. Therefore, I hope these circumstances now tip the balance in favour of approval by the committee. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, now it's over to you, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you very much. Thank you, Madam Chairman. This is a difficult one because I think that the applicant has tried quite hard to, to ameliorate the damages that the previous one had. But I remember, unfortunately, the, 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 the last application very well. Um, and I think you expressed the, the, the disappointment, pity we didn't have direct access because at least you wouldn't have had a ridiculously long driveway. And at the time, the officers and ourselves were, were of a mind, very clear that unfortunately that was not possible because it would be impossible to have a safe access directly off the road. That's what we said then. I don't think things changed that much. 
The problem I have is that the required visibility displays, we are told, are 215 meters at 60 miles an hour. It's no good saying that on five days of the year, whenever they were, that these weren't achieved. Where we use those basic minimums on visibility, often against or for developers, sorry, they meet the requirements, they have the minimum visibility displays, but when we don't like the numbers, we do a special survey and we find that the 250 meters isn't relevant. I can't buy that, I'm afraid. Now, this is a reserved matters application. So all it's about really is the access. And I cannot find any way to find that this access actually meets the minimum requirements for a development. So as much as I think it's rather great that it's only one building or two, um, and I'm, I certainly like the idea that it's a self build we all do that, um, and it's an adult resident, um, I'm, I'm afraid I must propose refusal again because we can't get the access to work. Councillor Fairhurst, um, could you, I know you love coming in first, but could you stop, could you, could you leave leaving off proposing to refuse at the beginning before anybody else has managed to say anything? Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. No proposal from me at the moment. Um, uh, I fully support Councillor Fairhurst. So when I was looking at this, I, I'm slightly surprised at the, the response from Highways that they've got guidance that says it should be 215 metres visibility for a 60 mile an hour zone. Uh, and they're happy for a, a, a 120 metre 20 meter visibility for the same zone, regardless of a, of a test to see how many, how, how, what speed cars are doing. The zone hasn't changed. So you've halved the visibility because you've done a survey. Uh, and I don't want to repeat what Councillor Fairhurst has said, but to me, that's, that's an accident waiting to happen. So if someone had said, we're going to change the speed limit of that area, then that might be different. But I can't support it if, if we've got half the visibility. There, there could be an accident. The child could be knocked over quite easily, and I can't support that. We've got guidance for a reason, and I think we need to stick to the guidance. It's for safety. Thank you very much, Councillor Bagnall. Councillor the Count. I'm just rather confused, actually. I've got a figure of 215 metres, uh, and I've got a figure of 120 metres. Um, Essex actually agree on 120 metres. What, what's the 215 metres? Where does that come from? Can somebody explain to me the difference between these two? I've got Essex to say 120 is OK. We've done a speed limit of 40. 344, which seems to be quite clear. And yet, where is this 215? Could somebody explain to me, please? Mr. Tuck, perhaps? Chris? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so normally, uh, because that is a 60 mile per hour speed limit on the, on the road there, it would require a 215 uh, metre visibility split, uh, normally. Um, because they've done this speed survey um, and the details submitted in this speed survey, the highways officer has uh, assessed it uh, and it's, they've come back to us and said that it uh, could have a visibility display of 120 metres. So the, the result of 120 metres was because of the details set out in the uh, speed survey. But normally it would require a 215 metre Visibility display. There. So that that is the that's the law of the land that we on a sixty mile an hour you need two fifteen either way. Is that correct? Yes, yes, you're right. 
Okay, but basically, then let me understand. Therefore, after they did the six-day survey, and they found it was 43 to 44 at that particular point, they then took a view that the 120 would be sufficient. Is that correct? That's right, yes, you're right. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so that's fine. I've, I've got the I've got the feeling there. So on that basis, uh, we're going to have some proposals. So I'll wait. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. I'm going to come at this from a different angle. Four months ago, we had an appeal decision. It was refusing the proposed development of what is essentially the same site for two houses. Bear in mind, this is an outline application. So there we are again now. Um, same proposal, residential development of effectively the same site. That was dismissed by, by the inspector for reasons which, to my mind, still seem valid. What's changed? What's different? We've got an application for one house. Okay. It's an outline application. If we grant permission, we might get to anyway. That's academic, that's of no consequence. We're talking the principle of residential development. Four months ago, an inspector said, no, I can live with that. It's no for me. And what I would like to say is put, or put a question rather to, um, to officers as well, because I'm somewhat concerned about um, the section in the, the only, just to what this one section in the case officer's report, which talks, which is under the heading planning balance, which majors on the five-year land supply and the fact that we don't have one. We are by market calculations of the order of about 1,500 houses short. This application is for one house. It's not going to change the situation. How is it going to solve the problem? Are we going to have 1,500 houses stuck where they shouldn't be, contrary to policy, across the district? No. My concern would be that we shy away from this emphasis on the planning balance sheet, or the, sorry, the tilted balance, because I don't think it should apply in this uh, context. I think it should be a matter of um, the fact that such houses, such single houses will be dealt with as windfall sites in the context of uh, how they measured in terms of delivery. Um, I'm going to look to Mr Brown to confirm that with me, but that would be the only case. And it may well be that that could and should be brought out in the reason, any reasons for refusal. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. I'm going to come back on that, Chair. Thank you, please. I pick it, I'm going to start with the point of agreement. I agree with Councillor's story. It's already counted. Um, the, the, the windfall um, supply from windfall is already accounted for that you're going to get the odd ones and twos all over the place. So you're going to get them. Um, we've, we've assumed they're going to be about 50. And, uh, and it might be this one. It might not be this one. So it's already counted. So it's not, it's, the contribution is, 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 is already counted. Um, I would also, dis but I would disagree in saying this is not, this is a different proposal. Um, I mean, the, the, the proposal beforehand, which included an access passing past the paddock, 
um, you would be approving one. Now, I, I'm, I'm looking at Councillor Lachlan because she always tells me off for this when I say things like this. But, the, you know, if you approved one in that location, members were concerned that you would be opening the paddock up for residential development as well. And I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't disagree with you on that particular issue. That was, I think, part of the members' concerns. And the issue contrived was mentioned by members, and now even the agents accepted contrived because that is what the inspector has said. Um, but I don't think he was. He, there wasn't necessarily an argument... I think the big issue here is you've got Debden Green and you've got Debden. And they are two, one a Hamlet and one a... Well, I think they both call themselves Hamlets, but Debden Green certainly is a Hamlet. And as we know, the, 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 the distance, the, the gaps between those settlements is absolutely critical. And I think one dwelling is it could be associated with Debden Green, whilst the paddock probably wasn't. That would be moving three or four dwellings towards it. So I would find it very difficult if members were going to argue, open up the argument about it's up to members whether they wish to, but I would advise them away from that particular issue because the inspector was considering an application for two dwellings in a contrived way that could have resulted in more, potentially. We've now got a, we have got an application for one. And so I was much more comfortable when members were, talk, were balancing regarding the access issues. It's, it's considered the issue there. But, so I, I th- but, but Councillor Storer is right that Winville is already covered, so the, the Palin balance... Yeah, we accept that that probably isn't an argument regarding this case. It doesn't contribute because it's already it's already can it's already accounted for this type of dwelling. If I may, question put another question to Kenneth to uh, Mr. Brown. Yes, please do. If <coughs> are the inspector's reasons for refusal still valid, given that we're talking about essentially the same site access aside, as I said. It's the principle of development, for, or principle of residential development, on what is essentially the same site that was refused by this committee and then subsequently dismissed at appeal. It's the same site, apart from the convoluted way in which you used to access it, which is the paddock is not in the is not in the frame now. You actually got a single dwelling access on there. So I, I would argue that members need to to be maybe mindful of the difference between the two in terms of whether you're considering it in terms of landscape impact. That's all, that's all I was going to say. But I don't think the inspector's decision necessarily dismissed this site, what's submitted in terms of landscape impact, in terms of countryside access. So, I'm ignoring access just for a second. Considering the application in terms of countryside harm, I think it is a different application, different site. And that it, although it is the same site, where else is it going to be? Um, it's the, the, the convoluted issue in terms of passing by the um, paddock has gone. And that, I think that's... It's a bit of a difference in terms of, especially if you're talking about um, it's that side, which is the outside of the hamlet of Debden Green and, and the gap before you get into Debden, uh, the Debden hamlet itself. But that's for members to decide. But I think, I think you need to look at the, the, the differences between the two proposals. I don't mean the inspectors has initially dismissed this site per se in landscape impact. Okay, okay thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, I'm not looking at the last application. As far as I'm concerned, that's gone. It went to appeal. The appeal was dismissed. I'm looking at this one. uh, And um, it's one house now, not two. And we don't need to look at the two that were before. Um, And actually, if we do say, look at the refusal, it actually says the proposed development in the form of two dwellings will result in the introduction of significant building to the site, etc. Uh, so we were looking and took a decision on two houses. We've now got to take a decision on one. Um, I'm never surprised by highways, 
you know, I don't know, sometimes they contradict themselves and as you know, we've had many battles with them. But um, they have looked at this and they have laid down three conditions which will have to be fulfilled to get planning permission. So um, I actually don't have a, a problem with this. I think that um, if we refuse it again, I think it will go to appeal and I believe it will win um, for the very reasons that I've said, because um, the inspector wasn't unhappy. And um, as I said, it's got better. There's only one house. And the speed limit there, I, I actually, I, while I'm talking about this, can you tell me when that speed survey was carried out? It wasn't during the summer holidays or Christmas, was it? Was it a normal, everyday working week? Does anyone know? Uh, uh, sorry, I've, uh, the dates were, I think, last July, but I'm not sure of uh, the actual weather. Yeah. I don't know why these things always, always happen during the school holidays, when you don't, when you don't yeah. actually... Yeah, picture of the amount of uh, cars that are actually on the road. So, uh, you know, that that's that would concern me as well because if you're going from July to September, it's going to be different from the rest of the year, and that always worries me when they do that. And I don't know why they do that, but but anyway, that's what happened, and that's what highways have said. Uh, and I really do believe that. Um, well, um, it's up to everybody, of course, but I think I can't find a planning reason now to refuse this. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Lachlan. Councillor Pavitt? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, actually, Councillor Lachlan has said a lot of it for me. Um, I, I'm of the same opinion. Um, the site now, you know, the eastern boundary of the site aligns with the eastern boundary of the more southernmost property, Barnes Cottage, which seemed to be a, a logical line for, the, um, for that particular um, hamlet. Um, I am puzzled by Essex highways but then who isn't um you know they they <laughs> mine under themselves so you know, i'm inclined to, uh, to to go with this one thank you very much councillor pavitt councillor reeve thank you a question um the ground area of the plot is that the same as the ground area of the plot for the previous two houses Ex excluding the drive of course Chris, can you help us? Uh, yes, I believe it is. It, uh, it's uh, removed that uh, front um, access, long access track, but the actual um, main area where the dwelling is proposed, that is the same as, as previous, the previous application. That, that conflicts me a bit because, because the appeal then in terms of ground area of the plot is actually sort of for the same plot, even though it's only one house. Thank you. Right. Yes, that's actually interesting. Um, Councillor Keaton. Um, a lot of people have said what I was going to say. The only point I would make is it does make sense that the, the traffic is going at a slower rate uh, at that junction because they are... It's approaching a T-junction, and if I remember rightly, it's quite, you know, the, the main is actually a right-hand. Most of the traffic will be going to the right-hand when it gets to the ju junction. So, although it's a 60-mile-an-hour uh, national speed limit, 
you know, by driving conditions, it's actually um, going to force you to be going at a slower uh, rate. So I, I, I agree with Councillor Lachlan that uh, the, I'm, I'm more prepared to go uh, with this one than, than the last time. Um, it doesn't seem to me that there is, and with the highways having um, raised, uh, removed any objections, uh, we've got much, much um, grounds to refuse this application. Thank you very much, Councillor Keaton. Councillor Bagnall? Yeah, just quickly, I was going to, going back to Councillor Reeves' point on the previous application, could we add the the, the, the fact that this was a windfall site and therefore the planning balance doesn't really reflect the true picture. Can we add that as a learning to our to our planning working group or whatever? Because we, we should make sure the report gives a fair reflection so that we get the right detail. Uh, and it's sort of slightly misleading that way. Uh, but I just want to come back on Councillor Caton's point uh, about the, uh, the speed the speed limit is the speed limit. You can't determine what speed cars will travel at to a junction. So if the speed limit is 60 miles an hour and the visibility display is 215, that's a fact. You can't argue that. So uh, I, I think that's enough said. Thank you, Councillor Count. Now, you have to unmute, please. Again, I'm just... Um, right, there we are. Uh, I think we've come to the end of all the conclusions and, and, and I, I really think, in actual fact, I turned down when it, it was two, two two houses on that site. But I don't have any problem with one on this site and I do believe looking at the speed limits and the 215 and the 120, so I would make a proposal of approval. Um, Councillor Fairhurst. Am I still there or gone? Yes, you are. You are still there. Councillor Fairhurst did come in with a, a proposal in the beginning. Did you wish well, to that speak? Was, that was for a refusal, wasn't it? Yeah, but he did go for a refusal first. He, Councillor Fairhurst did. Yeah, yeah Councillor Fairhurst did, did propose a refusal first. Council, the chairman told him, well, I'm not stop doing it at the very beginning. Yeah. But he has done <laughs> it. <laughs> Well, I did, I, I'm actually Can I make a point, Councillor Fairhurst, that from now on, if you're speaking first, don't go... Keep your powder dry, please. <laughs> yes? Absolutely, completely understood. Yeah. Um, it I was an agree. early proposal, but... Sandy, 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 I would agree. Can I just say something? Can I just say something, please? Point. Can I just say something? Quickly. Okay. Thank you. It's a point of order. I'm going to be very, very logical, right? If we are going to use the hand signals for people to actually speak first, then I'm going to try and beat everybody else so that I can actually make a proposal before everybody else. So I think we've got to be very careful here. So I, I, I respect, you know, Mr. Fairhurst. I, I respect the, what, what he, he puts a proposal in before anybody else has spoken. And then when I'm going to put a proposal in for approval, it's actually not right. So I think we've got to watch this blue hand thing a little bit more careful. Otherwise, as soon as somebody speaks, I'm going to put a blue hand up and okay. I'll be the first one to speak. Please, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Account. From now on, we will have discussion before we have proposals. 
So, unless there's only one, unless nobody wishes to speak or only one or two people wish to speak, until the discussion is over, we will not have any proposals, okay? With the blue hand. I think that's the way forward. Everybody okay with that? Thank you very much. As a point of law, Madam Chair, I would very definitely support that. Thank you very much. It hasn't sort of come up. It's been basically, you know, if you really, we know, we know with the blue hand, we can all just jump in. And I have seen it that, you know, if you really do wish to speak on something, people put their blue hands up as the officer starts to speak, you know, which kind of is jumping. Should we say is jumping the gun? But I can't control that because I can't see who's, I cannot see who's doing that because I lose the, the white um, list, the list of names when the presentation comes up. So I can't see who's, who's trying to jump the gun, okay? So that's being sneaky. However, from now on, as I say, no putting forward proposals until the discussion comes to an end, okay? Right, thank you very much. So I've now got three people wanting to speak. Councillor Fairhurst, it is a proposal you are putting forward. Thank you. Madam Chairman, I think it's eminently good, eminently good sense to call for proposals after discussions taking place. That makes a lot of sense to me. But if you're only going to get one chance to speak, which was the way forward, then you need. To, if you formed your opinion, you would then obviously make a proposal. So I'm happy to abide by a second, a, a new regime. It makes more sense to me. There's no value in being the chap that proposes something unless it works. On the point of, of, of proposing refusal was based simply on what Councillor Bagnall actually enunciated better than I did. If there were a change in the speed limit to determine that people, in fact, did move at 43 miles an hour, I'd be hope, completely happy with the access situation as it is. But someone lawfully traveling at 60 miles an hour, doing what he does correctly within the law, might have a, a nasty contact with a young child in that same space because they have insufficient visibility space. So it is a matter of law, and I do propose we reject on that basis. Thank you very much. Does that, um, Councillor Pavitt? Just clarify the refusal reason for Councillor Fairs. I'm assuming you're saying Gen 1. Access. In terms of visibility. Yeah. Thank you very much, Councillor. Councillor Pavitt, you wanted to say something, or is it second? Uh, it was simply the second Councillor Count's proposal. Oh, well, right. We have to take the first proposal, um, the refusal proposal first. So I need a seconder for the, um, the refusal proposal. It has to be a blue hand, please, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Storer, are you seconding Councillor um, Fairhurst? I wanted to ask a question, if I may. If we're going to go for refusal, can we apply the um, reasons that the inspector used in dismissing the appeal with regard to landscape nest seven and so on. That's the question. This is this is sorry. This is a really odd way around. It's not usually the way around I usually do it. <laughs> um, um, I would I would stick with a highway refusal reason if that's what you're going to do. I must add that you do need to be careful because you do have a highway recommending no objection to it. But I would stick with a highway because I think there is a clear difference between this application and the previous. Um, and I think in terms of arguing, it's down to the proposer whether he wants to include that, but my advice would be possibly best just to stick with the highway issue. I would include it simply because, because Councillor's story is wiser than I am, and I think that the, the fact that the inspector has addressed it already, it did seem, he was talking about the same plot, and whether it's one or two houses, it's not a huge difference. 
Thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. You just jump in there, but I'll forgive you this time. Councillor, sorry, sorry, I'm jumping in now. So, what are we doing? Are we adding a refusal reason around what, around S seven and in terms of development of the countryside? What do you want to do? It's your proposal, Councillor Fairhurst. Are you asking for that? That's just what I said. Yes. That's right, Councillor Bagnum, would you like to second that? I would like to second it, and I would like to answer Nigel Brown as well uh, in terms of uh, highways are going against their own guidelines. I know what you say, but highways should not be doing that. Thank you very much. Right. So we have a proposal to refuse, um, proposed by Councillor Fairhurst, seconded by Councillor Bagnall, um, and we'll go to the vote now. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Right. Councillor Merrifield. Um, Are you for or against? I think I'm just, I'm just sorry, my brain just not quite working fast enough here. Um, refuse. So you're in favour of refusing? Favor. Yes, I am in favour. Yes, approve. Yeah. Councillor Lachlan? Against refusal. Councillor Sutton? Against refusal. Councillor Bagnall? For the refusal. Councillor Caton? Against. Councillor Fairhurst? For the refusal. Councillor Freeman? Against refusal. Councillor LeCount? <clears throat> I need to hear you, Councillor LeCount, please. Can't hear you. Councillor Lecount. No, I'm, I'm, I'm against refusal. Thank you. Councillor Pavitt. Against refusal. Councillor Reid. Against refusal. Can I just clarify though what Councillor Caton's vote was? <laughs> he was he was against refusal. Yeah. Councillor Stora. For refusal. So I've got one, two, three, four for refusal, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven against refusal. So therefore, the motion is not carried. Therefore, I need another um, proposal. Councillor um, LeCount, would you like to propose? I propose. You've gone off again. Sorry. Oh, oh God. Okay. I can't work this out. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I propose approval of the one building site on this on this property. And I think. And I think Councillor, we have a. Uh, you were still willing to second. Councillor Pavard. Happy to second. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, ready. Uh, Councillor Merrifield. Against. Councillor Lachlan? Approved. Councillor Sutton? Approved. Councillor Bagnall? Against the proposal. Councillor Caton? Approved. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst? Against the proposal. Councillor Freeman? For. Thank you. Councillor LeCount? For. 
Councillor Pavitt? Four. Four. Councillor Reeve? Four. And Councillor Stora? Against. So we have one. So we have the same figures again, seven in favour and four against. Thank you very much. Can um, we have five minutes, Sandy? Yes, I was going to say. Thank you very much, Councillor Count. And we'll have five minutes. Thank you very much, Mr Loon. Um, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Um, we will re reconvene at, um, oh, in five minutes at 25 to four. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Back everybody. Um, and UTT 20.0029, full up FUL, land at Pondmead Cottage, High Street, Willington. And is being presented by Nathan McWana. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Councillor. Um, Apologies, Nathan. 
Madam, Madam Chair, point of order. Uh, is Richard Freeman back with us? Because I can't see him. Oh, no, I can't. I heard Sorry him, to interject, Chair. Yeah, he's just joined the meeting. There he is. Just Thank you. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Bagnall. Because I heard his voice and because I've got two screens, I thought he was there. I had to rejoin. I'm sorry. My, my, the machine dumped me out of it. Right. We heard you talking to your dog or cat. Quite possibly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's why I thought you were with us. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's just get this ready. Okay, so um, just prior to the commencement of my presentation, I'd just like to draw members' attention that during the writing of my officer's report, at the time it stated there were seven representations received. Since then, um, there are actually 25 representations that have been received, 23 of which are in support of the application proposal and two which are objecting. And so, yes, land at Pondmead Cottage, High Street, Whittington. Uh, so the application site relates to a plot of land located northeast of the dwelling known as Pondmead Cottage. Uh, to the south and east of the site are a number of dwellings, and then to the northwest of the site is open agricultural land. Uh, full planning permission is sought for the erection of one dwelling. The dwelling known as Pondmead, uh, the dwelling uh, has been designed as an accessible home. It's been designed in traditional exposed oak frame, possessing a pitch roof. The proposed dwelling is described as one and a half storeys with two floors and four bedrooms with a number of family rooms. Uh, the house faces west to east view and uses an accessible landscape, which I will draw attention to in a minute, uh, utilising wild areas, Essex hedgerows, trees and a pond. Three parking spaces are proposed with an additional space to be located underneath the carport. I'd also just like to draw members' attention to other schemes located adjacent to the application site, two of which are for the dwelling known as Pond Mead, which has been subdivided and planning permission has been granted from 2018 for two dwellings. An application has also been received for the demolition and erection of two detached dwellings at the location known as Midsummer House, where my mouse is just located too, so this is currently pending. And this just shows the uh, proposed floor plans and roof plan of, of the accessible dwelling, uh, consisting of four bedrooms, and then our proposed elevations. That makes things a bit clearer. Uh, this is the proposed landscaping plan uh, that the agent has submitted, which I previously mentioned, which has been designed uh, as an accessible landscaping plan. And this is a cross-section of the proposed dwelling, showing levels in comparison to adjacent dwellings, such as Midsummer House and the proposed dwellings that, the, that have granted permission at Pond Mead. Uh, these different views, uh, courtesy of the agent from their submission of their application, showing the different views of Pond Mead Cottage and the application site in its wider view. And finally, these are some views taken from my own site visit of the wider site. And that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Nathan. Um, we have four speakers. Um, and we're starting with Councillor Hargreaves. Good afternoon, Councillor Hargreaves. Good afternoon. If it's okay with you, could I, could I speak at the end, please? I think other people are going to cover the things I was going to say. And they've done a lot of work on this. So I'll, I'll cut my bit down at the end. After, well, 
Um, so you wish to speak after the agents and the applicants as well? Uh, after the after the after the um, residents speakers. Right. Okay, so you'll just you'll be speaking after the next person then. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. So it's Mrs. Kathy Southcott. Yeah. Hello. Good afternoon. Um, do you want me to go straight into into this? Yes. Just read it straight out. Yes. Thank you. Okay. This part of Whittington Village has evolved in recent years and continues to do so with planning permission already granted at neighbouring property Pondmead for two very large houses. Plot three, which neighbours Pondmead Cottage, is positioned in a backland location, a pattern of development clearly shown in the block plan submitted. Currently, there is also an application for two houses on the site of Midsummer House, the other property next door. The area is becoming a cluster development rather than a line of dwellings leading away from the village. This proposed dwelling would be built on existing garden and would be part of that cluster and therefore in character with the area. As a backland build, this proposed one and a half storey house does not overlook or overshadow current houses. The internal floor area is smaller than all three of these neighbours and the ridge height is low at 7.5 metres compared to 9.2 and 10.5 metres for the dwellings approved at Pond Mead. This application is specifically for a person who is a long-standing resident of the village with particular disability needs. It's not a speculative development. Pauline, her husband Dennis and their sons moved into Whittington in 1993 when they bought Pond Mead Cottage to establish their family home. Both Pauline and Dennis have been active and valuable participants in village life. Dennis, who died in 2014, was a member of the parish council, and Pauline has run the Village 200 Club, which raises funds for the village hall for more than 20 years. The applicant contributes hugely to the local community and is well-liked and respected. It would be a shame if she had to move away from friends here. In 2012, Pauline was diagnosed with a progressive debilitating neurological condition. It will mean that in the long term, it is likely she will be wheelchair-bound. She wishes to remain in the village where she has her support network of friends and since the death of her husband, this has become increasingly important. The parish council was unable to comment on this application because it was in court as a result of the extent of village friendships. I was the chair of Whittington Parish Council for five years. Historically, Whittington Parish Council had not objected to development in garden sites in the village And indeed, in the original Whittington design statement, it was stated that any increase in housing in the village should be on gardens rather than on fields. There is very limited opportunity for housing development within Whittington. And in the longer term, this house will be an asset to the village, providing a high quality and sustainable home for a family with disability needs. It is fortunate that in this circumstance, someone with those disability needs is able to provide their own home and for their long term future, rather than relying on local authority or state housing provision. Pauline did make efforts to purchase appropriate housing at the last small development in the village, but it wasn't successful and the house would not have been entirely suitable. Over recent years, the number of accessible homes has decreased in the village. I hope that members will appreciate the strength of support for this applicant and the application. There have been 23 letters of support, which I'm sure is unheard of in most villages, Indeed, even the nearest neighbour, who would be most aware of the development, wrote in support of the application. Not one consultation reply has raised any objection to the application. This includes HSE, UK Power Networks, Ecology, Environmental Health, Archaeology, Historic England, 
highways and built heritage. We're particularly heartened by the comments of the historic environment officer who described the dwelling in this backland location as largely agricultural and unassuming and has limited visibility. I hope that you will agree that although the planning application stands on its own merits, the personal circumstances in this situation are compelling and that you will agree to the application, enabling this much-valued member of our small community to remain here in a home suitable for her long-term needs. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor... Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, the sole refusal reason is given as uh, size, scale, design and siting. I said soles off for that. Um, I honestly do not buy uh, any of that. And I'll just draw one point to attention. Uh, the... The centre of Whittington is uh, linear. It is Georgian buildings, Victorian with some rather nice brickwork, and the more modern infill of buildings all go together. It's pleasant, low key. Um, further out, uh, we get uh, barns. Uh, the obvious example, of course, is Prior's Hall Barn, right across the road from this uh, application, uh, which is grade one listed finest medieval barn in eastern England according to English heritage um, then if you look diagonally opposite the other side of the village just got beyond the church uh, there is a barn conversion it's a very large barn it's a nice piece of work um, go further up by just beyond the pub the floor on the left hand side you look between two houses there's a barn at the back there I think it's probably new build that is very similar, actually, to this one in terms of you can't really see it unless you look for it, and it backs on to a paddock. Very similar. So what we're seeing here is a, a general vernacular of outside the, the core of the village. Uh, barns are, are what exists, and this one strikes me, looking at the design of it, that is exactly in line with um, the other ones, with the local vernacular of the, of the barns. Um, Moving to another point, uh, heating design is a heat pump. Very high standards of insulation. So despite it being an old-fashioned looking building in terms of being a barn, it, it meets, it ticks the environmental box uh, of being uh, low, uh, low energy. That is what, something we should be supporting. Um, talking of support, um, most villages object to most planning applications. That's the default position. And I have to say, I would categorise Whittington as being um, Premier League in that respect. But the, their objections are not unreasonable objections. And where the village thinks, you know what, this is something we, should, we must be supporting, we like this one, then they go for it. And that is exactly what they've done here. So this, this scale of support is, is really pretty uh, unprecedented. One of the points they raise in all their letters actually is just up the road from here, from there, um, what has been permitted is these um, pastiche houses, rather massive things, don't have the finesse of the Georgian ones further up. Those got permitted. This one is being put forward for refusal. They're saying that looks a bit off. And I agree with them. So I'm just coming to my, my final point. You've heard the 
personal circumstances. This lady is doing something to prepare for her future. I know that is not a planning reason, but the planning aspect of this, I think, is that we generally are required to provide different types of properties, different sizes of houses, bedroom counts, affordables, uh, social housing. And we also need, if this was a large development, there would be a requirement for any number of houses in the development to be fully compliant, fully quality compliant. We've all seen the specifications for those. That is what this is doing. This is providing a category of property, adding to the housing stock, a type of house which we need, which we should be providing. And around Whittington, with the age of properties, what they are, there will be nothing like this. Uh, most of them will be mega un uh, uncompliant. So I think that is the planning reason for supporting this uh, and looking at the personal point of it, really. If you've got somebody willing to sort out their future and produce a really nice uh, house, which is not going to interfere with anything, uh, I think uh, we should be supporting. So I would urge you to, uh, to support this application. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Hargreaves. Um, we now have... Um the Mrs. Pauline Ewan and John Buck, and I believe you're going to share the time. So, which one of you would, Mrs. Ewan, would you like to go first? You need to. So you need to unmute yourself. Thank you. That's fine. Afternoon. Good afternoon, and um, thank you for enabling me to actually present something on my personal circumstances. Um, and I would like to give this background to the application in order to explain why I'm, I'm making it. Um, when I was diagnosed in uh, 2012 um, with this progressive peripheral uh, neuropathy called multifocal motor neuropathy, um, I, it was explained to me that um, the condition was usually confused with motor neurone disease. Um, and if, if it had not been recognised as being this one, that untreated, then um, I would have continued in, in that way. It causes um, a weakening of the movement and strength in my hands and arms and also my feet and legs, the latter causing foot drop and an increasingly unsteady balance. Um, fatigue is another significant part. Um, I'm given a regular intravenous um, infusions of immunoglobulin uh, at Addenbrooke's hospital, and this calms the inflammation in the affected nerves down. It improves the symptoms, but it wears off. And the condition is progressing, and the treatment has had to be increased. In fact, just lately, my infusion um, cycle has been changed from every four weeks now to every three weeks. I still work as much as I possibly can, um, my background is three headships of secondary schools, and I now coach heads and senior leaders in schools, currently via Zoom. Unfortunately, Ponmi Cottage is not suitable for my future needs. It's built as a farm workers' cottage from oak beams reclaimed from an old barn. It sits on um, an oak sole plate, and that forms an inflexible core. I need a fully accessible house that's um, both externally and internally. And I anticipate I mean, may need accommodation for a living carer, particularly as my hands and arms um, become progressively worse. 
I have three three boys and uh, two live in Bristol and I want to be able to provide space for them to visit um, along with my, my six grandchildren. So my proposal is that I build this house in uh, part of the garden. It complements its surroundings. Um, it's not only fully accessible, but environmentally sustainable and ecologically sensitive. I'm a biologist, so the latter two are very important to me. And unfortunately, the accessibility one has now become um, very important too. I just wanted to give you that background um, on what is essentially personal, but hopefully you can understand why I'm making this application. And I'd now like to hand over to uh, my architect to focus on the design matters. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Buck. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, hello, my name is John Buck, KBTA and Scabal Architects. Um, thanks to all here today and to Formula Councillor Gerard, who kindly called this application in. Our recent supplementary planning statement and letter to all members carefully make the specific planning case for approval. I'm speaking here on the design of this new wheelchair accessible home for Pauline to describe briefly what makes it this way. I'm happy to answer any questions. This is a special project two years in the making. Pauline is rooted in the village and has been dedicated in driving the design to be a good home for her and an excellent building for Whittington. First, on siting and orientation, Pondmead Cottage, where Pauline has lived for 27 years, is one of a cluster of three houses at the northern end of the village, set back with no road frontage. It has a large back garden sloping up to the fields beyond. The northern half of the garden is currently informal and underused, and the new house is sited here, halfway up the slope, its long main elevation looking west. This setback siting and orientation means that there is no overlooking or overshadowing of neighbouring properties, and that the screening and layout of shrubs and trees, the house can only be just glimpsed from the road. The long, narrow plan of the building makes the most of this orientation for natural light and views, the long elevations facing southeast and northeast. The character of this new home is a type of rural outbuilding, a mix of barn and coach house to fit well into the locality, being in a position of transition between the built up part of the village and the countryside beyond. It's made from natural, traditional and familiar materials, exposed oak structure, soft red bricks, lime plaster and L boarding, oak windows, clay peg roof tiles, all arranged to suit the bespoke personality of this home. Practical, practical flexible, humble, pretty, quirky, open, social, private, low energy, sustainable, and altogether new. This set in a landscape that is fully accessible and low maintenance, centered on a pond with enhanced habitats for wildlife. In terms of size and scale, the home has been designed to be wheelchair accessible, which requires larger circulation space within and between rooms, and to provide flexible accommodation for visitors and live-in carers. Even so, at 300 metres squared, the floor area is far smaller than its nearest neighbours. Pondmead House and both the approved houses in its garden and Midsummer House and both the houses applied for to replace it. Also at 7.5 metres, the roof ridge height is relatively low, 
the approved new dwellings at Pondmead House being 9.2 and 10.5 metres high. This new home has been carefully designed to be the size it is, smaller than and subordinate to the neighbouring properties, present and future. In conclusion, I invite you to agree with the positive benefits of this application and respectfully request that you grant planning permission for Pauline Lewin to build her new home and for her to continue living in the village. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Buck. Thank you very much to everybody who spoke there. Um, um, before we just go into the discussion, um, I think Councillor Fairhurst said, just speaking once, I'm more than happy for council members to speak more than once, you know, as long as it, and it's as long as it's relevant, because discussing, making points makes other people bring come into the discussion. However, what I was making the point was let's not go and put forward a proposal immediately. That was my main point. Okay, so moving firstly, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Oh, well, you've kind of flummoxed me now because I was going to make uh, a proposal, but I now I can't do that. So, uh, so I will speak. Uh, there's no doubt about it. This is a very relevant. Um, reason for refusal but it is what we call now don't we in planning the tilted balance because there's also quite a lot of reasons for approval uh, there are no from the consultees there are no objections uh, so I, I actually believe and I always look at ahead at appeals and I actually think this could win an appeal um, so I actually don't have any problem with this, and it's, you know, I promise it's nothing, and I don't mean Pauline to be disrespectful or anything. I'm looking at it from planning, not from a sympathy point of view, but I actually cannot really find uh, many planning reasons now to refuse this. Uh, and, you know, I've gone through it with a fine tooth comb. And, um, you know, if I was allowed to make an, uh, a recommendation, I would recommend approval. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan, I yeah. will come back to you. I will let you, I will come back to you at the first. Yes. So Councillor oh, Fairhurst. Okay. Right. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I do have a problem with it, and I think that I understand why the officers have a problem with it, because on the face of it, they talk about scale and siting. The scale is substantial. Um, and their response, of course, a fairly reasonable argument is, but so are the other two new buildings that have been a approved, but the scale is substantial. Um, and the question of siting is an issue. Um, I think Council Freeman will agree with me because he understands it probably better than I do. It's backland development. We don't like backland development, particularly if it starts looking like linear development, and now we go around the back door, have a long driveway, and off we go and build on the back. Um, and those are two fairly compelling planning considerations when looking at this I'm not sure that tilted balance applies because housing, housing uh, supply for one house, I think, makes a big difference. Um, but it is an issue because, and it's not relevant, the motives or the, or the personal circumstances. That's not a planning consideration. What is a planning consideration, really, is whether it's sustainable and who better to determine if something's sustainable or not than the residents who live around the space. Um, and they all seem to think that it's sustainable. Um, and so I'd be tempted to, be, to sort of inclined to look at that. But there, there are also other issues, such as the character. We've been told, and I'm, I'm 
going to take from the word, that it's going to be developed in a way that is in keeping with the character of the neighborhood. And more importantly, one of the speakers mentioned that we're sort of moving in that space because of the, 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 the other approval, approved planning applications from this linear sort of development to a cluster development. And if that's a, if that's a matter of fact, then it's no longer sufficient to say this is a backland development on its own. Um, and to weigh all those things up, I find myself, I'm not going to use a terrible P word, but I find myself inclined to support whatever P word happens from Carson Lachlan when she gets on to say something, have a second chance to speak. Heaven forbid I use the word myself. Um, can I just say, uh, is that Councillor Keaton has left? Or is he just um, is he leaving? Yeah. No. Councillor Keaton has now left the meeting. Well, he's, he's still there, Chair. Sorry to interject. He's, he's still present That's at the okay. meeting. You wish but... to speak. Because you've gone, I can't see you now. Mm. It was gone. He's still there. Did you say what time, can you remember what time he said he had to leave? So he would have to leave at half past four, and it's only three minutes past presently, but... All right, I'll come back to Councillor Keaton. How far are the counts? Okay. Yes, can hear you. This is a really, really difficult one for me because I have feelings socially. I've got feelings about, uh, I understand that we've got all lots of residents. I think there are 23 residents have said yes and seven have objected. But I really think that we've got to look at this a little bit more like Mr. Fairhurst said, you know, the fact is, I'm going to hold something up, if you can see that. Can anybody see that? Yeah. Okay. So what you have is you've got, this is total backfield development. And, and I do understand that Pauline, I think she lives in the Pondmead Cottage. One of my questions would have been, well, if you live in Pondmead Cottage, why can't you develop that so that you will help you socially? But you're looking for an application at the back and then another one which will come next and next and you've got a footpath coming through here. So I'm suddenly seeing a sprawl. Sorry, Chairman, I can't see that. Sorry, beg your pardon. Okay, so can I hold up? You'll, you'll see a sprawl. You know, it just will go down the back. So... I really have, you know, great sympathy uh, for Pauline and her family, but unfortunately, I, I, I can't support this, and, and I would I would go along with the officers. So, um, have I got any other questions? Linear. Uh, I heard Mr. Hargreaves <clears throat> say it was linear. Well, this is not linear. This is backfill. This is absolute backfill. So. <clears throat> But I, I can't. I can't support. I will support the uh, the refusal. Thank you very much, Councillor Lecount. Is Councillor Caton here? Is he gone? Sorry, Chair. Councillor Caton has just messaged me saying that he must leave the meeting now. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, um, Councillor Storer. Then. Thank you, Chair. I'm going to take you. Down the planning policy route. Oh, God. 
As you all well know, members of the committee and officers, planning applications should be determined in accordance with the development plan unless material considerations indicate otherwise. And as the case officer's report sets out, I think very clearly, this proposed development is not in accordance with the development plan, hence the recommendation for refusal. However, I also said, didn't I, unless material considerations indicate otherwise. So we have two questions, I think, to ask ourselves. To what extent is Ms Ewan's medical condition a material consideration in this instance? Would it merit making an exception to planning policy? That's the first principle. And the second is, does the nature of that merit such a substantial development on a very substantial site. I think it's that that we each have to determine or consider and determine as to, and on that basis, reach a conclusion as to whether or not um, this application should be approved. The principle, planning policy principle is no. Question is how significant a material consideration is this? And that's for each of us to decide. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Councillor Stora. Councillor Pavitt. Thank you, Chair. Um, there's a lot's been already said about this, which I have some sympathy with, but lo looking at it, I, I can see that the applicant has gone to a lot of trouble to try and ensure that this fits well where it, in its location in terms of ridge heights and scale. I'm not sure that it is that dominant. Um, with so much local support, um, I, I get the impression that had the parish council been able to report on this one and, and provide an opinion, it would have been in support. And I think there's a great deal of uh, importance in allowing local democracy and parish councils to have some influence. And with you know 20 odd people supporting this, I think you can say that it has local support uh, uh, emphatically. Um, I think the, the importance of allowing the applicant to maintain her independence as well, I think, is extremely important in terms of staying within the community. Um, and therefore, I, I see very little reason not to support it. Um, I think that, you know, it's been approached the right way. The reasons are right. I think Councillor Stora has put it in balance. Um, yes, I'll, I'll be supporting this. Thank you very much. Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I've listened to all the comments, and particularly to Mr. Storer, um, uh, and I do understand there's, um, the question is, is there material considerations that we need to pick up on? And uh, I think after 27 years in one property, it must have been a, a large wrench to make a decision that you've got to move to a different property. But I think uh, the applicant articulated the reasons in terms of the property being unsuitable, and I think Mr. Buck also highlighted that. Uh, and I agree with uh, Councillor Pavitt that the way the design has been put together is trying to be as sympathetic as it can be to the location, but it's been done in a modern way. So um, I, I think 
uh, it's for the committee to decide whether the, the reasoning uh, for that element of development is a, an acceptable one uh, and whether the material consideration should be given. Um, so I think, for me, I think that's uh, a decision for each and every one of us, whether we think the situation merits uh, going against the uh, officer's recommendation. I'd like to just ask a question. I noticed on the front sort of a very long porch and it says it's got a metal roof. Can I ask the officer, um, Nathan, or maybe Mr. Buck could um, yes. enlighten us about this? Ms. Nathan, could you enlighten us or would Mr. Buck be better to ask? Well, I don't mind, Nathan. I'm happy to answer. Yeah, and no, I'm happy to defer this uh, to John. Mr. Buck? Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, uh, the, the meadow roof is the, the cat side roof to the south is for um, uh, a wheelchair vehicle to be able to pull in undercover. Right. And then to, for, the, uh, for, for the person in a wheelchair to be able to come undercover to the front door beneath that pergola that runs along the west elevation. The meadow roof, so that has a flat roof. Um, the roof on that we're proposing is going to have some planting compound in and have a meadow above it. So it's not an open pergola with grapevines because it needs to be covered. That's what I thought it was, but I just wanted to clarify that because it, it intrigued me and I, thought, I did like the idea of that. Thank you. And just another one. Councillor Hargreaves said the heat pump, but I also noticed there was solar panels. So is it going to be a heat pump and solar panels? I'm, I'm going to say no. That... Uh, at one stage, there were going to be photovoltaics on the roof, but given uh, given the way we orientated the building, they wouldn't be ideal on the west slope. Plus, from a distance, they're quite reflective. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're getting our energy saving from the air source heat pump. Right. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupting. Councillor Freeman. Oh, Mute. This um, meeting is testing the limits of Zoom quite substantially because uh, at the moment I'm having the front of my house scaffolded so I had to try and find somewhere quiet <laughs> and that proved to be difficult. This um, case requires the judgment of Solomon. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I am not Solomon, and I have difficulty with this. I, difficulty both ways. Uh, I have difficulty with it on the fact that actually houses last much longer than people. Uh, I know that because I've lived in very old houses quite often, the current one isn't. Uh, and I used to work on the basis they haven't fallen down in the last 400 years, so they won't fall down for my benefit. And that was broadly true. Uh, so this house will last a long time. And when the current people no longer have a use of it, then it would be a very high-value property in a very high-value community. And it would be a very unusual property. And there would be no difficulty at all, I imagine, in finding somebody to buy it. So you could argue, could argue, I'm not saying this, but you could argue that 
this is uh, a means of getting a very high-value property onto a site where otherwise it would not be allowed. It's 300 square metres. That's three times the size of the property I live in at the moment. Uh, it's quite a big place. Um, it's certainly being built to a very high standard, and the architects are first class. This would be an excellent house. But Council of Account has made the point, I think a very valid point, is that why don't you just extend the property you're living in at the moment? Uh, okay, maybe uh, some of the access is totally unsuitable in the current property, but you simply increase the size of that. And that is a reasonable argument. That I would find is a good argument. Of course, basically what we're asking for here is backland development. Now, backland development used to be proscribed, isn't anymore, but it is backland development. So it really comes down to, do we want to go by the letter of the current local plan and the letter of planning law, in which case, as Councillor Storer has correctly pointed out, uh, and Councillor Count and Councillor Fairhurst, actually, there is no basis for granting consent for this property. There is no basis for that. It would have to be an exception. On the other hand, I can see, and I'm sympathetic with all of the arguments that have been put for uh, this property being built for the benefit of the current owner. It is a very reasonable argument. So we have to either be completely dispassionate and say, no, the law is very clear. You cannot build this modern barn in that location. Sorry, you can't. Or we have within our gift uh, the ability to say this is an exception. And that's the decision in front of us. It's a very difficult decision to make. Um, and the interesting thing is, Madam Chairman, that in this committee, we will sit in a half uh, in um, deliberation on 200 houses built on a field adjacent to an existing settlement. And we have found it almost impossible to say no under current planning law. But we can pontificate at length on somebody who just wishes to build a very high quality house in their own back garden. Uh, uh, and there's something to be said both ways for that. I have difficulty with uh, either approving this or turning it down. If I turned it down, I would feel very bad about it. If I approved it, I would feel that I had gone against all of the law on the matter. So the question is, do I want to go completely outside of the law in the interest of people uh, who have made an eloquent argument, and I accept their argument, but in 50 years' time, the house will still be there, and uh, certainly I won't, <laughs> and many other people making that work. That's a balance. It's a judgeless element of what we have to make today. Uh, so I, I don't guide us either way on that. I haven't made up my own mind yet. Thank you very much, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Reeve. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. I've looked at uh, Google Maps of this village. It wasn't totally clear from the layout of the um, plot plan shown to us. And it's not my view that it is a linear village, as has been stated. So I feel a lot more relaxed about this uh, um, uh, extension uh, to the back. 
So I support uh, Councillor Pavitt's Hargreave and, uh, and Stora, and I will be minded to support. Thank you very much, Councillor Reeve. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, I disagree with Councillor Freeman. It's not the law, I think it's policy. Uh, I don't think you will get arrested now if you, uh, whatever way you vote on this. Uh, but um, I'm also uh, minded of the MPPF, uh, which states, and it's in the report, uh, the MPPF identifies this as supplying required housing and creating high quality built environment with accessible social local services that reflect the community's need and supports its health, social and cultural well-being. Well, this property actually does that. And I don't know if anybody remembers the Localism Act. It actually doesn't get quoted much nowadays, but it actually does says that local people should be able to make decisions about where they live. Uh, and I'm very conscious um, about that people have written in support of this. And as we know, if you get uh, somebody wants to build a house somewhere, you'll have more objections than you will have people in favour. So this is really quite an exception. Um, so there is a very valid reason to refuse it. There's no doubt about that. But as I said, there are also very valid reasons to approve it. Uh, am I allowed to make a recommendation now, Councillor Murray? Oh, yes, please do. I think we've got, we think we've gone through this discussion. Right. Yeah. I would recommend approval for this, um, but I would like to see uh, the officers make conditions. Um, environmental health have uh, 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 consulted on this, and they have made comments as of highways. So if we are going to prove this, then I would like, obviously like these conditions to be looked at and put on. Um, but other than that, yes, I, I, I'm very happy to approve this because I, I believe that it, it could win an appeal and I believe there are valid reasons, planning reasons. And as I said, it isn't just sympathy, although this woman does have my sympathy and I really wish you well. But I am looking at it from a, a planning point of view and that is why I am recommending this is approved. Thank you. Chairman, can I assist Councillor Lachlan on this yes, point? Please do. Yeah. please do. Yeah, just to pick up Councillor Lachlan's point, um, I'm really, I, there's not a lot for me to say because, I mean, you picked up all the points that I was going to pick. Councillor Freeman put very eloquently about the, the, the issues about, you know, the personal circumstances, but that is not part, it, it may be part of the mix of Councillor Lachlan's recommendation, but it's not, it's not the driver necessarily. No. I would also pick up Councillor Lockman's point. It is not the law that says we have to refuse this, but members just need to be mindful that you, you are making the decision to approve it for the right reason, because yesterday, I'm not proud of this, but yesterday I personally refused planning permission for free houses in a similar situation to this. Each site and their merits, so there are a few angry people out there, so as long as you make a decision for the right merit, for the right reasons, and Councillor Reeves added to those, those, those reasons as well. No, I, I have to book. My reasons are planning reasons. They are not. They are planning reasons. I've got no issues. Very clear that I am looking at it purely from a planning yeah. point of view. And I'm comfortable with that moving forward. Okay. I have to bore you with conditions. No, I want you to. Bore <laughs> yeah. So the suggested. I don't want um, you to go ahead. David, if I've missed any here, but my suggest the suggested conditions will be the the time limit condition, the normal time limit condition that yes. it needs to be built within three years. There are some suggested highway conditions within the report. Um, there are some suggested biodiversity conditions within the report. 
Um, we also need details of materials. Yes. And we need details of landscaping. And ironically, we still, I don't think this is going to be a problem for, for, the, for the applicant, but we need to have a, the M4 condition to say that it's wheelchair accessible. Um, because we are pushing for proportion of our houses to be there, and uh, well, we'll do that here. We would normally go for the for the lower level, but I think you know I'm quite happy to get this approved through Burgum Regs at the higher level of M4 to make it you know a saleable product moving on. Because Councillor Lockton's quite right that this is a product. You're not, you're not just building a a gin palace in a particular location. You're building specific dwelling mm-hmm. for specific purposes. Mm-hmm. Members just do need to be careful not to make a habit of doing things like this, though. But I think in terms of looking at it and the way that it's been put, I'm quite comfortable with the decision. So, have I missed any conditions out, Nathan? Uh, yes, just one: the uh, land contamination condition. But that's just a compliance condition, right? Yes. Yeah, I was just going to say that, and environmental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, with that, that with those conditions, I've, if Council Lockins happy with that to be added, I will continue on. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I need um need a second for that. Um, but I've got Councillor Fairhurst, Councillor Stora, and Councillor Caton. Has Councillor Caton has left? Ben. Um, Madam Chair and Councillor Caton, um, Councillor Caton, unfortunately, you were absent from the meeting for a while. Given that this is a virtual meeting, and given the rules of engagement of a virtual meeting. I'm afraid I will have to invite you to abstain on this particular item. I hope you don't object. No, that was my intention anyway. I hope no, you don't object. Thank anyway. you. Thank you very much, Councillor Caton. Thank you. Um, so, Councillor Reeve, are you willing to second this? I would. And you do have other speakers, but I would be happy. To yes. yes. Okay, I'll come back to you. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Yes, I was happy to second it. Um, the one thing I would like to add, though, is that, that Councillor Hargreaves identified a very valid reason which would serve as the material consideration that Councillor Storer demanded in his policy, and I rather like that neatness. Um, Councillor Hargreaves said this is the type of building that is worth an exception. So, and that is, the type of building is material consideration. We do need, if it was a bungalow, if it was an affordable house or something, we need those things. We need this kind of building. So I would like to also add that it's the type of building that, that justifies it as a material consideration. But I'd have you say. I would suggest Councillor Lachlan did say that in terms of the context of the MPPF. So, yeah, but just to add a little bit of... <laughs> okay, thank you. And Councillor Stora, we'll take your last comment. Thank you, Chair. I'd just like to come back to Councillor Reeve, who I think um, implied that I'd express support for this proposal. Just to repeat, it's contrary to planning policy, and it's a question for each of us then as to whether or not this is a material consideration which we can support in principle. And then it's a question of, for me anyway, scale. And now I've think my my thinking is evolved i do support the principle but i cannot support the scale of this particular development in this location that would be my point thank you thank you very much thank okay. you for the clarification uh, thank you very much councillor reeve councillor stora right. um thank you so proposal is to approve this application 
Have I got that right? Yes. Yes, to approve this application. Um, proposed by Councillor Lachlan, seconded by Councillor Reeve. And so over to you, Elizabeth. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Lachlan. Approve. Councillor Sutton. Approve. Councillor Bagnall. For the proposal. Councillor Caton. Abstain. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Approve. Councillor Freeman. Approve. Councillor LeCount. You muted Councillor LeCount. Uh, I object. You're against? Yes. Councillor Pavitt? All the approval. Councillor Reeve? Four. Councillor Stora? Refuse. Thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine votes in. Eight in favour, two against, and one abstention. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thank you. So, um, do we want to look at break or do we want to just go straight on? Go straight on? Go straight on. Okay. And just ask, if I may, Madam Chair, does Councillor Caton still need to leave at half past four because we're coming up to that time? No, the doctor was 30 minutes early for change. <laughs> oh, so that's why he came. To, that's why you suddenly just disappeared. Oh, right. Oh, good. So we can carry on then. So they did take you out of one, but it wasn't the one you thought you were going to get taken out of. Yes. Right. Thank you very much. Um, so agenda item six, UTT 200522HHF, the Midden in Wimbish. And we still have Mr. Buck with us. Uh, should I leave? Yes. Okay. Goodbye. Thank, Thank you very Bye. much. Goodbye. So over to, um, and it's Matt Cranach, presenter. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I can't hear. Can anyone else? No, no. He's not, not saying anything yet. We're still waiting to, for it to be transferred across. There we go. I think, oh, no. No, we're not about that. We know we're there. <laughs> yeah. Can you see that? No, it's not. The, we've got the, the, the Zoom meeting. Um, Two hours overdue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you need to, yeah. Right. Should be, ah, here we are. Can you see that? No. No? Ah, okay. Yet. Start share. 
Sorry, Matthew. Do you have the so you've got the PowerPoints already loaded up on your desktop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you click the share screen button, you should be presented with a number of tiles um, with all the applications open on your desktop. If you could select the PowerPoint one, um, that should do the trick. Um, okay. Just. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to appear, actually, Ben, even though it's open. Hmm. Hold on, let me just try it. Let's just refresh it. Okay, let me try this one. That's it. Good stuff. Is that it? Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Matthew. All right. Um, sorry about that, Madam Chair. Um, this is for a householder application for a uh, development at the Midden, Top Road, uh, just to the east of Wimbish. Um, it uh, lies down an access road next to Warner's Farm. Um, this was development was granted a change of use from application from a holiday lake to a residential dwelling by the committee in December 2019, and it's now come in to propose a single-storey extension, a porch, and a carport. Um, these are the elevations. The only reason it's before the committee is because a member of the staff is related to the applicant. And the reason that um, they've applied for planning permission is because the porch is bigger than that allowed under permitted development. Um, this is where, over here, is where the extension would go, single-storey extension. This is where the porch would go. And uh, this is where the uh, carport would go. And therefore, it's been recommended for approval. Thank you very much, Matthew. Um, would anybody like to make any comments about this? No? Sorry, Chair, there is a... There is a statement from the applicant. Yes, there is. Sorry, there is. Thank you very much. Elizabeth, are you reading this out? I am, yes. Thank you very much. Ready? Yep. I am reading the statement for the Uttlesford Planning Committee meeting on the 17th of June 2020, prepared by Mrs. Jeanette Mawson, the applicant. She says... Thank you for bringing this matter so promptly to the committee during this difficult time. I am unable to attend on a Zoom system as I am very hard of hearing and not too savvy with the technology and wish to avoid any confusion or frustration for the meeting. Very... ...and long-term occupation for my partner and I. You will see that this will provide a lounge area separate from the kitchen diner. The modest carport is to provide shelter and protection for our cars. I would like to thank the planning officer for his comprehensive report, 
which recommends approval. I trust that the committee will concur with this and support my application. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Madam Chair. In, in the officer's report, Matthew, it says um, the one representation, no objection to the proposed extension of porch uh, and no objection to the proposed carport, but um, they're also, they do call out they're concerned that the proposed new driveway and crossover should be conditional on the existing temporary driveway being properly reverted to planting and garden as indicated on the plan. Is that something we should condition? Well, that's the subject of, a, of another application, um, which obviously all the committee may or may not um, allow. So what, what they were objecting to was basically saying that they, they don't want two driveways. So it depends on really whether the, that, that development will be debated at another committee meeting. Um, at the moment, there is only one driveway. So there is no other way of getting in at the moment. So it's not relevant for this particular... No, not relevant, yeah. OK, thank you. Yeah. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Yes, I, I can see no reason why not to approve this, but I do have a question, Mark, and as you know, the, I'm just wondering why it does not... It doesn't look like a large-scale development at all. I'm not sure why it would, would warrant a... Um, it, why it exceeds a committed development um, extent. I'd just like to understand the scale, why the scale is deemed to be in excess of committed development. That's just to do with the size of the porch, because basically it's more than three metres square, basically. That's the reason. OK, thank you very much. All right, if there is nobody else wishing to speak, can I, can I take um, somebody to make a recommendation on this, please? Got hands. Councillor LeCant. I would absolutely agree with this one. We bring it forward for approval. Yes? I do. Councillor Lachlan? I'll second that. Right. Okay, thank you so, Thank you very much. And apologies, Councillor Fairhurst, because I just noticed I was looking at the screen and not looking at the white. Okay, that, so we have um, a proposal to approve... Sorry, proposed by Councillor LeCount, seconded by Councillor Lachlan to approve. Over to you, Elizabeth. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We're nearly there. Councillor Merrifield. Approve. Councillor Lachlan. Approved. Councillor Sutton. Approve. Councillor Bagnall. Or. Councillor Caton. Approve. Councillor Fairhurst. Approve. Councillor Freeman. Approve. Councillor LeCount. Approve. Councillor Pavitt. Approve. Councillor Reeve. Approve. Councillor Stora. Approve. Unanimous approval. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, our next planning meeting will be in two weeks' time. And, of course, I haven't looked at the date. Um, but that will be in July, won't it? The first week of July, I think? First of July. The first, first of July. The first of July. Goodness me, aren't we getting moving us through this year? 
And uh, just sorry, and just to warn members, it's likely that briefing will be on the Monday again because it's my wife's birthday on the thirtieth. So that's unacceptable. Some things are more important. Where is your commitment, Nigel? <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you've got to something very nice. Or he will do by oh, then. Oh, yes, it's a ride. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. <laughs>